classic beats. Yeah. So go ahead and drop your lines. <laughs> what are we gonna name bed her? and breakfast <laughs> let me get the question out it's like what are we gonna name her our sick beats troop our sick beats troop god damn we're coming for you Kendrick <laughs> welcome to the nightmare box presenting mistakes from me my name is Brett Bloom I'm sitting across from the beautiful the effervescent the spent all day in the shower. Spent all day in the shower. Kristen Bloom. Just trying to clear my sinuses. It's smoky as fuck again. It's real sexy. You're Can't lucky breathe. we're here. Yeah, it's... I don't know. Like, I don't get how it comes back so fast and with such a vengeance. Like, it rained. <laughs> with a vengeance. Yeah, like, it rained for, like, one day, and then we had two, like, beautiful crystal clear days and mm -hmm. it was like maybe we're finally past this and then the very next day after that it was like fuck you yeah we live in a valley um we live in missoula montana and uh it's in a bowl surrounded by mountains and typically you can see all the way around you nothing but mountains it's gorgeous i love it here um it's been a rough summer However, <laughs> when the fires start, uh, it looks like you're playing an old video game and it hasn't loaded the map out all the way yet. So, like, you can only see, you know, like a quarter of the way mm -hmm. across the valley and it's just gray. Which we have um, kind of aggressive winters sometimes that do that too. And, like, I know this is going to sound dumb because well, I like knew. With the snow and stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know this is going to sound dumb, because I knew it was a real thing, obviously, but I was like, this is a thing that happens, like, in the Arctic, not in <laughs> towns people actually live in, or maybe Alaska, but, like, we legit get, like, it's not often, but, like, occasional whiteouts where you can't see... Anything. Yeah. Like, you can just see a few feet in front of you while mm -hmm. you're trying to drive. And that I don't mind so much, because I'm like, this is creepy, but also kind of neat. Yeah. Mother Nature's a bitch, and this is... <laughs> The smoky thing sucks. I don't like it. Definitely having a better time with the winters than I thought that we were going to have. But everybody tells me, well, you should have been here three years ago when it was really bad. Well, but we grew up in Tornado Valley, so like we have the same arguments. It's like, oh, you thought that little twister that fucked up that neighborhood was scary? No, you weren't here in 2018. I, I don't want to get all political, but I think maybe that's... How are you getting political about weather? <laughs> oh, the climate. Yeah, like, I don't want to get all political, but I think maybe that's a testament to climate change, because everybody keeps saying the summers aren't normally this bad, and then they're like, <laughs> oh, the winters are normally worse, and I'm like, maybe that's a sign of something. Then maybe we picked almost the perfect time to move here. <laughs> but yeah, everybody's like, yeah, the, the summers aren't usually this relentless, and then whenever winter comes, they're like, oh, you got lucky this time, it's usually worse. I'm like, maybe the climate's changing. <laughs> Maybe we're having some problems. <laughs> but I am, um, yeah, I thought I was going to um, dread it, but I am passionately looking forward to fall and winter this year. <laughs> like, can we be done with like, summer Bring now? me the snow where I can do, like, the eight-hour crockpot chilies. <laughs> no joke, though. Like, I've seen a couple of recipes um, mm -hmm. online and then, like, also on HelloFresh where I'm like, I really want to do that, but it's like... <laughs> soup and it's too hot for that yeah no we'll, we'll we'll do it up in the winter i'm i'm fucking excited i don't even it. really like tomato soup all that much but i found like a tomato basil soup and i was like we're making that because <laughs> it's like legit with like your own tomatoes that you yeah. like welcome to our cooking mash. show <laughs> <laughs> we are a hip-hop <laughs> hip-hop cook show yeah. i like tomato paste yeah it's gonna be sick beats and sick recipes <laughs>
put a beats in my stew, I'm going to slap no, you gross. in the what? face. <laughs> not a rapper. No. Bread and breakfast. I'm excited for soups again. Yeah. So we watched Major Pain this week. <laughs> you used to be better at transitions. What happened to you? You really, you've lost your touch. Blue. It's fucking falling apart, You lost man. your touch. We did watch uh, Major Pain. We did. Uh, it popped up on the Netflix thing, and I haven't seen that in fucking forever. We watched it a couple of times in high school because I was in the ROTC. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are we in a pop group now also? Bye-bye-bye. <laughs> um... <laughs> We're in a traveling, cooking, rapping pop group. <laughs> Live your best life. And, um, it's good to have dreams. Yeah, and so that popped up on the, the Netflix thing, and I thought it was going to be stupid. Like, I was prepared to go, this isn't going to hold up. This was probably just funny because it was immature fart jokes, you know, and I was a 17-year-old. I don't think there was a single fart joke. I don't think there was, now that I come <laughs> to think of it. But I, in my head, I thought it was just going to be dumb. I only remembered the parts where Payne was yelling at the kids and the... Uh, uh, when he shoots the closet is my favorite thing ever. Um, but th- there were some really dramatic moments in it. There were some legitimately funny scenes like where I couldn't stop myself giggling. Uh, there were really cute angles to it. I, I wanted to talk about it a bit because it's... In my head, it was just this screwball comedy. It's got a 33% rating on Rotten Tomatoes. It technically counts as a two-star. Um, I thought it was wholesome. Like I, I liked mm-hmm. all the jokes. I mean, the plot's predictable, but... I mean, it's one of those 90s movies, you know, yeah. <laughs> like PG-13 film. And I, I don't think I had ever seen it. Like, I've definitely at least seen previews for it, because, like... That blew my mind when you're like, <laughs> you've never seen Major Pain? And I was like, oh, you're walking in completely blind here. Well, I'm like, here. I knew his laugh. Like, I'd definitely heard his laugh before. <laughs> and, yeah, like I, like, I was just familiar with, like, parts of it, but I didn't... Unless I saw it, like, a decade or more ago, mm-hmm. I don't think I've seen it, because I didn't remember any of the story. Yeah. Um, so I think I've only seen like trailers for it or something, maybe on other films we've watched. Killed or... that bad man with extreme prejudice. <laughs> yeah, it was really cute, and I like it. Actually, kind of made me feel, I don't know, a bit bummed because I feel like not that there aren't wholesome things still being made, mm-hmm. um, but I feel still his bone. Um, <laughs> I feel like. Movies were a bit more carefree. Yeah, in the 90s. Give me that. Especially the comedies, because that's where you wound up with a lot of the National Lampoon films and stuff of that nature. Like, I think a lot of the jokes that were in Major Pain aren't really jokes you could do anymore. Mm -hmm. Like, and I feel like that was pretty stereotypical of 90s movies. Like, there was always the little fat kid character that people made fun of, and I don't think that you could really do that without people going, oh, that's insensitive, you know? Mm -hmm. Um... But, like, I, I feel like movies back then didn't necessarily need, like, a drill-it-down-your-throat level message. Like, a yeah. lot of them were like, here's a bunch of people in kind of a rough situation, and they all grow together. And that was kind of just the general <laughs> premise of movies back then. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like, we got to have this, these specific characters and this specific representation and this specific conversation yeah. about this specific topic. And, like, I feel like... Even though we did wind up with a disabled child, a black lead, a um, like an the... abused kid as the team leader. Mm-hmm. We've got the female mother figure, you know, it takes care of the little black kid. 
and then I guess they eventually adopted him, which I completely fucking forgot about. Yeah. But yeah, like, it didn't it, feel forced yeah, though. Exactly. It does like now. it doesn't feel like we have you know all female Ghostbusters. You know, <laughs> for the sake of having all female yeah. Ghostbusters. So it was an extremely inclusive film, mm-hmm. uh, which I think is a bit ahead of its time. Even. Yeah, but, it, but it's natural. <laughs> yeah, but like it, it's just like a feel good with like silly jokes and kind mm-hmm. of silly situations, and I feel like movies in the 90s were a bit more like that like the Goonies for instance I'm pretty mm-hmm. sure that came out of the 90s too hey you guys <laughs> it's kind of an absurd movie mm-hmm. but it like it makes you laugh and it's like funny and it's an entertaining premise even mm-hmm. though it's a bit silly but I don't know I miss I miss movies like that where it wasn't like yeah like there's an agenda. It's just like, this is a funny story. Yeah, the, the major <laughs> does have post-traumatic stress disorder. He is a dude <clears throat> who is, you know, very uptight, very military, very, as we would say today, male toxicity. You know, like he's the that. And then his foil is the female. Um, is she a teacher or the administrator for the school? Um, I think she was the counselor. The counselor? Yeah. Yeah, she's the foil who's like trying to soften him up, if you will, which is an interesting thing to just think about there, you know. So we're dealing with um, his PTSD, but it's not this demon in the closet type situation where it's to be taken extremely seriously. She it's almost give, made fun of at certain points. I was going to say she does give him a pretty ridiculous book that I, I'm curious if it was real or if they made it up for this movie, <laughs> but it's literally called like something along the lines of Steps to Being a Positive Male Role Model. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, is that a real book? It, it might be. <laughs> But yeah, I I loved it. Steps to being a positive We're also doing a Looney Tunes movie. We are real diverse these days. God damn it. Smoking. The brain doesn't work quite Exactly. I'm trying. The brain's being smothered by the air. Being smothered by God. But yeah, that's a really good example, I guess, of what it is that I've I kind of wanted to talk about a bunch of shit. I should have written it down, and then we'd have a checklist that we could have got. I'm stupid. Way to go. Um, But yeah, taking this military spec ops guy, um, which five years before, you know, that that it would have been kind of like your your Rambo characters, your diehard characters, like that version of a man, and dropping it in a family film. So if you can imagine... Rambo meets like kindergarten cop, you know, like <laughs> drop him in, put him in charge, and then try to demilitarize this war machine. Um, and to the backdrop of like a summer camp type film, he still has the fantasy of like having the white picket fence and then <laughs> killing the bad guy. And the Vietnamese come out of fucking nowhere. He's <laughs> like, We're having a nice barbecue, stab this his guy ass. To death. <laughs> Me and my wife are gonna laugh about it. <laughs> Like, that part was pretty funny. It's like, he's still, he's like, they're still coming after me. (laughs) (laughs) But what'd you make of it? It was a really cute movie. Um, I mean, like I said, I don't know that you could necessarily make that movie today. Mm -hmm. Um, I think we've gotten a lot more. And I I get it to some extent. Um, I think maybe we've gotten a bit over the top with it, though. Like, we've gotten more sensitive about things you Mm -hmm. can and can't joke about. And, like, outright prejudiced or racist or Mm -hmm. just hurtful works um obviously i think aren't good um i do think it's absurd that we keep doing 
films about other cultures and then casting the main character as a white person who definitely should not yeah, be a white person. should have stopped with yeah. the spaghetti westerns. <laughs> <laughs> like, if it's a movie about a war in Asia, the actor should be Asian. Yeah, why do we have Tom Cruise <laughs> as the last samurai? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, shit like that. I'm like, okay. Like, I, I understand, like, frustrations with that. But, like, I, I think um, a lot of the time if you're dealing with something that like you're self-conscious about or you're like having a hard time with or you're struggling with or you know just difficulties in life in general sometimes it's nice to be able to poke fun at it and like I don't think that we could make a movie these days where we have the fat character that we're making fun of because then fat people are going to feel fat shamed Mm -hmm. or um, they're actually (laughs) kind of mean to the disabled people (laughs) like the blind kid and the deaf kid he's kind of mean to them (laughs) but it's like the blind the very last scene where he shaves the blind kids fucking seeing eye dog is simultaneously one of the funniest things I've ever seen in a goddamn movie and you're like there's no fucking way in 2021 you could shave the scene I know but but I appreciate I guess about this movie in particular after you (laughs) I guess I appreciate in this particular movie though um like you said it is inclusive because they're I think African Americans the only minority in this movie but there are quite a few African American Mm -hmm. characters and then there's disabled characters, there's characters dealing with different social traumas and stuff. Um, but then when they make fun of people, they kind of universally make fun of everyone. He makes yeah. fun of the deaf kid, he makes fun of the blind kid, he makes fun of the dorky-looking red-headed kid, he makes fun of the mm-hmm. fat kid. And he so. stands up for every single one of them. Yeah. The best version of standing up for, by the way, is our abused teenager situation. Very when subtle, the, but... Yeah, the drunk, abusive dad shows up and starts flipping the fuck out, and Major Payne is pretty much like, I'll kill you, I don't give a shit, and very subtly like grabs him by the waist and pushes him behind him in like a very fatherly protective mm-hmm. kind of a way. That's really cute. Mm-hmm. That was like adorable. <laughs> um, but I, I wish... The bedtime story. <laughs> the bedtime story is perfect. <laughs> but I, I wish... And he gouged out his eyes. <laughs> I wish we could appreciate that kind of humor now. Like I feel like... Um, I don't know. It's good to bring disparaging topics to light because otherwise we don't acknowledge the problem. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like we've all kind of reached a point where we're just pointing fingers at everyone where it's like, you are a racist and you're a sexist. and You can't say that. Yeah, so then we... we, We've lost what a joke is. Yeah, we've kind of lost sight of, like, humor that's just kind of gently poking fun. Mm -hmm. And so, I, I don't know, I kind of miss movies like that and, like, watching this. I was like, man, I haven't watched, like, a good silly movie in a long time like there's there's more recent silly movies but it's not the same kind of silly it's not like this is like Like the first hangover you couldn't remake today it's goddamn hilarious it's okay the first hangover i'm not standing up for the other two at all it's just okay to me like it's it's an absurd silly movie it's It's three men and a baby a bit overrated (laughs) it's a bit overrated tyson and tigers but like i don't know like i i feel like Movies back in, like, the 90s and before. And, like, animated movies, I think, still do it. Were, like, wholesome family movies that were also funny for adults, too. So it's, like, you could totally watch Major Pain with your kids, Mm -hmm. but you would still find it interesting, too. Yeah. You'd catch certain jokes that they wouldn't... That would go Mm -hmm. right over their head, but they wouldn't even notice that it was going over their head. Yeah. So I don't know. I kind of... It made me nostalgic for a time where we were less 
it, like upset with each other. I find it very odd just thinking about the 90s and the 2000s. I was born in 1991. Plant my flag there just in case you're older than me and you want to, you know, shame me or for, <laughs> you know, I don't know, memorializing this time pre 9-11, but it was cooler then. Uh, <laughs> I was born at, in the tail end of the 80s, so I consider the 90s my childhood. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and... Um, it's weird that when we were in that state, pre-9-11, we were oddly less sensitive. And then this huge thing happens. Um, we go through a 20-year, quote-unquote, war, <laughs> which I'm very happy to say it looks like we're finally getting out of, not to get political. And um, at the tail end of what is this insanity um, since 9-11 happened, we are more sensitive than I think we've ever fucking been. And it's like, we, we should be... like more when of you a go through it, Do what? There should be more of a community Yeah, feeling. like we've gone through 9-11 as a country, now we've got this coronavirus situation that's divided everybody across the fucking board, but still words that come out of your mouth are traumatizing, you know? But... It was 10 when we watched people go jumping out of the fucking skyscrapers. So, like, am I making sense? Yeah. I feel like I meander a lot and then no. you're just staring at me. I'm listening <laughs> to you. You want me to stare at the wall? Then you're going to wonder if I even care yeah. what you're saying. But, like, where are these types of movies now? Like, it feels like we could really, we should socially, based on what's happened um, in the country, be it the Black Lives Matter movement, be it... Me Too. The Me Too movement... Like, all of these huge things. Why did we lose the humor? Like, I'm not doing a good job of explaining what I'm thinking. I don't. I think the problem, and I don't know why we're being We fractured into, like, really tiny groups. Become political against my will. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I think think these movements were important. I think it's important to bring those sort of topics to light. I think the problem is... People can be very militant in their discussions about them, so then you don't come across like you're mm-hmm. trying to teach or trying to explain or trying to invite people to understand your side. It comes across like, you're an idiot. Like, you know? humor's become a form of argument. N- well, no, I think just in general, like, when discussing social topics, we've become divisive with each other as a whole because if someone disagrees with you they're automatically stupid is basically what this has become and so if someone makes a joke that you disagree with Mm -hmm. like it's then like everybody get their pitchforks and let's go get them you know and like i've never and again um especially as a woman you know um I'm not a minority, so I can't really speak for, like, um, movements as far mm-hmm. as for minorities. Or... Well, I'm a traveling uh, cookbook <laughs> rap entrepreneur, so I am in the minority. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'm a straight white woman, but I am a woman, so yeah. the Me Too movement felt really personal for me. But um, I, I just, I've never before in my life until more recent years, and I guess especially since the Trump election, I think that's kind of when everything's got worse, and maybe for some people mm-hmm. who were a bit more prejudiced when Obama got elected, I think is whenever, you know, stuff yeah. started kind of spiraling this direction. I've never 
felt like before I needed to worry about what I posted and if it was going to affect my career mm-hmm. or the way people saw me or my outcome or what I don't post. Yeah. Like, I, I use my memories on Facebook to just delete shit. Yeah. I'm like, well, that was cool in 2009. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I've never, I did go through a couple of years ago and like clean out some tweets on my Twitter that I thought were just kind of dumb. Mm-hmm. I've never posted anything where I was like, I think I might really get in trouble over that because I'm, I'm not that kind of person. I don't, yeah. I don't make jokes. I don't talk about like political shit. Kristen's doing the Donald Trump hands. I don't make jokes. It was huge. Huge. <laughs> huge. Um, but no, I don't. I don't typically use my social media platforms to like make jokes. Or if I have yeah. a good zinger, I text it to someone or whatever. You know, mm-hmm. I don't post that shit out in the universe. Um, but like even like what you don't post, like whenever um, there's like a big movement, like the blackout. Tuesday, I think is what it was. Blackout the profile. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's like if you don't post that, then you're like, oh, I didn't participate. They're going to think I'm a racist. Yeah. So, like, I or don't you know. you got to have your COVID-19 filter picture. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I, I did post a post when I got my first shot about just how I was hopeful that maybe we could, like, start traveling. And, yeah. yeah, start traveling and stuff again. But it wasn't like, a, I'm vaccinated, and if you're not, you're a shithead. Mm-hmm. Um, but I actually had a... Um, and this has nothing to do with what... Like, no, it's okay. We, no, sorry. It, 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 as I said, these things, they'll run in every direction. Yeah. It, I, it, we have a beautiful conversation about society because we watched Major Pain. It's a win. <laughs> well, I mean, it's still kind of relevant, I guess, yeah. for us as artists. But I had, like... I'm a liberal. Uh, Brett's a libertarian. So we don't agree with some stuff, but mm-hmm. then some stuff, I guess... But we talk about all of it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but he, it's not like... I'm a hardcore lefty and he's a hardcore righty. It's not like our ideas are so far apart where it's like, oh God, what are we doing? Mm -hmm. Um, But like I had a Facebook page that was like a bit more liberal that I followed, um, that I've followed for years just Mm -hmm. because I was like, oh, some of the stuff they post is kind of funny. And like even the attitude with that, like they post quote unquote memes, but they're just hateful. It's like, if you didn't do this, you're selfish and you're an idiot and blah, blah, blah. I unfollowed it today and I followed it for (laughs) years and I was just like, I can't take this anymore like i'm tired especially as someone you know who wants to make art for a living and make um you know films and stuff that are meaningful and that inspire people and like even if it's not necessarily like oh this is an uplifting like family film Mm -hmm. that i've just made like if it makes you stop and think like i want to make work that's meaningful and like I'm just exhausted by, like, this hateful energy that's, like, in society these days where it's, like, I have to worry about what I tweeted today, Mm -hmm. what I posted on Instagram, how I word my posts. Like, it's a thing right now where people are posting on their Instagram what their pronouns are. And I'm, like, to me, if it's not obvious what your pronoun is and you really, it's important to you. I don't need to tell you I'm him. Yeah. Like, tell. yeah, like if it's not necessarily obvious if you're, you know, a transgender person or a non-conforming person or anything like that, and it's not necessarily obvious what your pronoun is, and it's important to you that people refer to you and the pronoun that makes you comfortable, I totally understand yeah, posting it, that on there. And yeah, I think it's neat that social platforms have included that option, but there are straight people who are very clearly either male or female now adding those pronouns mm-hmm. to their social media platforms. I'm like, you look like an asshole. Yeah. You're not you the like, one playing here. Yeah, <laughs> you, it's it's the equivalent of the I'm sad, don't forget about me joke. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, to me, that's how yeah. it looks. It's like, obviously. I'm sad today. 
Yeah. You're a straight white male or you're a straight white woman. You're married to a person of the opposite gender. It's very obvious that you're a him or a her. (laughs) Stop being a dickhead and take that off your profile. Like, so like stuff like that bugs me. (laughs) It's like, I feel like we're like, I don't know, becoming so sensitive about things that aren't even relevant to us. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to post on there. That I'm a she, her, because it's very obvious looking at me, I'm a she, her. It's very obvious that I'm straight because I post photos of Brett and I together. And, Mm -hmm. like, I don't deal with this social issue. So this isn't me being supportive if I add it on there. This is me making it about me. And it's not about me. And, like, I don't know. I feel like whenever people that aren't directly related to, like, Black Lives Matter issues, like want to then post shit and there was like a whole debate on social media whenever people were posting the blackout photos how they Mm -hmm. were actually drowning out posts by minorities because then the feeds were just flooded with black posts yeah we couldn't get updates on the blm movement because everything was flooded yeah everybody else is going oh yeah i support it and it's like what you're actually doing is drowning out the voices of the people that need to be heard right now Mm -hmm. like just sit back shut up (laughs) and listen and like I don't know. Like, I feel like we're, like, conforming so much in our art, too, where it's everybody's like, I can't post about this. I can't yeah. talk about this. We can't shoot I this. never know how to how to word this argument, um, so I'm probably not going to do a good deal of it now because I agree with everything you just said. I'm, and the way that I'm about to say this, it kind of might sound like I don't. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but with being the, a stereotypical white Yeah, male. but with, like, the censorship type shit... I do find it incredibly limiting that you're not allowed to go down certain avenues because you're afraid, not just in writing and in film, but in like stand up and shit like that. You're afraid to explore certain avenues because you're not because of your audience. You know, if you and I make a movie, we post it to Nightmare Box, people are looking for the Nightmare Box. They're not. They might stumble across it, but then they watch the other movies and they're like, oh, no, everybody dies and all of these things. (laughs) Um, But there are certain topics that you or I may be afraid to tackle because we don't want that wandering outsider to wander into our pup tent (laughs) and go, what the fuck is going on in here? Mm -hmm. They they depicted a black woman in a wheelchair, as is in one of our unreleased projects, you know, but she's the the power symbol of the piece. But if you look at it immediately, it's set to the background of a race riot. And it's Mm. this story, you know, partially about this black woman in this wheelchair. Um, If you just look at the still of that, it's a woman in a wheelchair behind a line of police tape. It's a gorgeous goddamn photo. If you don't know the context of what's happening in that situation... You're like, well, you're exploiting her, you know? You're on the side of the uh, the NYPD or whatever the fuck. And I've worried, which seems like such a silly thing to worry about, especially when you're making films that are... not (laughs) worried. As Jezelnek also said. (laughs) Do I look like a man who's worried about his career? (laughs) I worry. I will be honest. Um, Which seems Mm -hmm. like such a silly thing to worry about when you're doing um, something in, like, a thriller or horror, you know... um, Well, it happened with that uh, movie. I found the only reason it came to mind is I saw it today in the discount bin. But The Hunt, uh, which was like a purge film where they were like shooting Republicans or some shit Hmm. like that. It was a basically it got shut down during the Trump era. Um, 
because the right wing freaked out and said like they're making movies about killing us or it was about right wing people killing liberals. I, I've never seen the movie. I have no fucking idea what it's about. I've never even heard of it. I'm sorry. No, you're good. Um, but no, I like it seems silly when you're doing a movie that's already I think about kind of sensitive topics in general to then be worried about how far you're pushing it. But like even with like the dolls, for instance, um, or Brainstorm, or actually. Happy birthday. All of, <laughs> all of our movies. Um, I worry if people are then... <laughs> I worry if people are going to watch it and then go, you're glorifying the thing that's happened. Yeah, you're glorifying suicide, homicide, child rape, any of these sorts yeah, of situations. Yeah, and I'm like, in all of those movies, we don't even show... Um, mm-hmm. Well, I mean, I guess we sort of show the chainsaw scene, but not really. I mean, yeah. you can't actually see anybody. Like, you just a see a chainsaw mm-hmm. moving, and that's it. Um like, we don't actually show any of the literal violence, and then there's always, like, an aftermath to everything. So it's, like, it's not yeah, about... Because I write trauma stories. Yeah, like, it's mm-hmm. not about the incident. It's about the people in the incident. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, like, I worry about that whenever I, like, have to send people copies of my work to, like, apply yeah. for things or, you know, whatever. They're going to watch it, and they're not going to get it. And I'm like, look, like, there's a whole section after this happened about what this person's life is like. Mm. So, I don't know. And, like, it's it's weird to feel self-conscious about that, like, feeling like you have to explain yourself. Because early on when we did the um, dolls, one of the comments I got on the video was something along the lines of they didn't get, which it wasn't supposed to be a slasher, but they were like, I don't get slasher vibes, but I get pedo vibes, and that's kind of weird, but I guess it's a movie. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, because the main... Is a pedophile. Dude is a pedophile. That's the <laughs> point. And it's about this traumatic situation. This girl who is now a young woman is still mm. living with. Was it the same person who made me eliminate the whole first scene of the film, which would have completely <laughs> justified <laughs> the ending and you wouldn't no. have a fucking problem at all if I would have no. just had five more minutes with that movie? It was a comment on YouTube. It was oh, okay. a random stranger. Was the, the psycho in your classroom. No, it's just a random stranger <laughs> on YouTube. But I was like, well, yeah, because the bad dude is a pedophile, <laughs> and the story is about this young girl. So having... Did you not watch the last <laughs> scene? <laughs> yeah, and the story is about this young girl having to grow up and still carrying this Deal trauma, while everyone else has just kind of moved on. And the end of Happy Birthday, it closes. He's sitting on a couch. We don't get to see his trauma. We get to see his immediate response. But guess what? Some more shit's going to have to happen in that apartment if he doesn't want to go to jail. Well, (laughs) well for me, which I don't know. I don't know how you view them. I I think everybody kind of interprets work in their own way. So Mm -hmm. maybe you view them differently than I do. But for me, the dolls is similar to a metaphor for 9-11 or anyone Mm -hmm. who's gone through a really traumatic event. There's this person who has intimately experienced this event, like the people that survived 9-11. Yeah. And I did not. Like, 9-11 happened, and I was in Tennessee. Mm-hmm. And this girl, in particular, has to grow up and learn how to live with the situation that's happened to her while the whole rest of the country is going, it's a nice day today, isn't it? Yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah. So, for me, the dolls is coping with trauma in a world where other people don't even acknowledge your trauma. Mm-hmm. And... Happy birthday. And she's still at, at the end of it, my favorite part. And I wrote it, so <laughs> I'm pretty cool. Um, my 
one of my favorite scenes in that whole thing is that final shot where the coping mechanism over all of these years is still this doll that would have been around when she was five or six mm-hmm. years old. So, like, she's still in such an early stage of processing the trauma that 20 it's years childlike. later. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then for so you me, you see it go into the drawer with all the notebooks and then it slams. I love that. <laughs> and for me, happy birthday isn't even about what happens after the camera goes off. Happy birthday is about the immediacy of grief. Mm-hmm. Like the character never talks the entire time. The character seems like the character is in a state of shock. And like, I feel like everybody who has ever been in a car accident or had someone really yeah. close to them suddenly die, can kind of, like, understand that There's sensation. Yeah, that mm. sensation of, like, feeling isolated and alone and how, I don't know, like, startling sudden grief can be. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I don't I don't know why I'm justifying myself to you people, but, like... No, it's okay. I worry that people will watch it and they won't get that. They'll just be like, well, that's insensitive. You killed a baby. I'll be like, I didn't, though. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't, though. Yeah, and then I, I think that's exactly what I was trying to talk about earlier as far as, like, the censorship thing goes. I get, yeah, that makes perfect sense. That's that, you. Sometimes you make a point and you make it so, like, right on the nose and <laughs> just sit here and I'm like, she basically explained my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, like I think it's a bummer that a movie like Major Pain was like a movie we all would have watched back in the day. And I can't like, be- this is fantastic, and now we'll be like, mm, I don't think you can make that anymore. Do you think that's why it's a 33? Do you think that it was a huge movie when it came out, and then like other generations are now watching it, and they don't think it holds up no, because think, of those exact reasons? I think film critics are just douches, <laughs> to be honest. They're like, I, this is not cinematic gold. This I, is a yeah. silly movie. <laughs> I loved it, and I don't watch PG-13 anything. I, mm-hmm. I try to avoid it like the fucking plague because I find it too limiting. Um, I know that it's got to play within its own box. And the only movies I trust, R films have to play within their own box, but R and unrated um, are the two places where I can go into a movie and go, they might scare the fuck out of me today. They might do something that I didn't think could be done. More unrated film than R film. I don't think people watch PG-13s because they want to be enlightened. They're just like, this is wholesome and funny and I want to feel good. Yeah, and I never watch movies that make me want to feel good. So (laughs) this one legitimately did. Like, I smiled all the way through it. I I genuinely enjoyed the experience of watching Major Pain. Um, It had everything. I mean, it was part war film, if you will. It was summer camp, you know, goofball. It was... um, Teenage Rebellion. It was Although that romance. Dude was definitely not in his teens. No, that dude was like twenty nine. <laughs> <laughs> but it, like it, it had all of these really complex elements. It threw them all together really well, and I enjoyed it as a thirty year old. When this movie came out, I was four. So it's like, you know, it, it it for me it aged really well because you couldn't do it again. Um, so for all the reasons, I guess, that we've already talked about. Do you want to go make wings? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but I, I think... I'm running out of steam. <laughs> I think that's why it's important to be authentic in your art and not sit and go, well, did I check off this box and am I going to piss off this group over mm-hmm. here? Because I think movies that are true to themselves or books that are true to themselves or any work kind of transcends time. Like, there are definitely movies... That's a great way of putting it. <laughs> there are definitely movies and books that are still relevant now that 
like we kind of collectively look at and go, mm, you couldn't do that now though. But I do enjoy that, you know, whatever that mm-hmm. thing is. Can I interject? Mm-hmm. Um, what do you think about? This is a tricky one because I don't even know how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. Yet. Um, Huckleberry Finn by the great Mark Twain. They've gone in. They've removed the N word from the entirety of the novel for sensitivity reasons. I don't know what they've replaced it with. However, if you remove that word from Huck Finn's mouth, because Huck Finn's not a racist in the story, Mm -hmm. um, one of the characters is N-word Jim. That's his, (laughs) you know. I think that's, I think it's Jim. Um, But I think that's Huck's friend, if I remember correctly. So he's not coming from a place of racism. Using that word in that way during his travels down the river is correct with the the dialect that would have been used mm-hmm. in that era and I, I think it's not hateful so much as it's that's just what they called black people in the deep mm-hmm. south <laughs> I, I think going back if someone tried to release a book today obviously and put it chock full of the n-word i'd be like yeah, like quentin tarantino <laughs> um i'd be like mm, this is a bit problematic mm-hmm. let's reassess but you can't um, go back and edit mark twain no, no but like i feel like going back and editing old works because you like to joke about how birth of the nation is my favorite movie <laughs> and it's a horrible movie but it's a movie that exists and it's not a movie that i own it's not a movie that's ever going to be yeah. on my book i've never even seen it because i'm an angel <laughs> i watched it in but film I, school. I did read mine comp so you do it that I, watched, you <laughs> I watched it in film school and that dude to his dying breath was still a bit of a racist yeah um but i i think going back and trying to pretend like those things didn't exist is kind of whitewashing history a mm-hmm. bit like it is a fact there was a time period where and there are still um authors that write about uh, like i think particularly minorities that write about like their hispanic heritage or yeah. like their family's heritage if it's a black family and Arroyos, like you still you know fourth avenue or fifth avenue whatever the, yeah, yeah and you still have um because i know we read books whenever i was in college that were like about like the experience of growing up in the south when yeah. slavery was around and like I the took dialects. two classes on slave narrative yeah, yeah the dialects <laughs> in the books and some of them were a little bit more modern were still very much like the lingo of the time and like mm-hmm. the authors had like studied it and tried to be authentic to it and I, I feel like pretending like that wasn't real or that stuff didn't happen is almost ignoring and doing a disservice to history i mean you know it, vietnam happened uh yeah. you know slavery happened like all these things that are don't paint us in the best light still are true mm-hmm. so I, I i think it's a disservice to future generations to be yeah. like you're too sensitive to understand this thing whenever like we should acknowledge like our shortcomings or like this is what it looked like yeah. don't go around saying the n-word yeah this is a movie its name is gettysburg get ready to have your fucking pants blown <laughs> off your body but yeah i mean i think ideally there will come a time where um America looks a bit more integrated and maybe our skin tones are a bit more ambiguous yeah. and we care less about no, that kind of stuff. Where it's yeah. <laughs> and we care less about that kind of stuff. Um, but I saw I, a picture today of Muhammad Ali's grandson. He's whiter than Kristen. <laughs> that's, not, that's not true. I'm pretty white. But, you know, I think even if we hit that point where we're all kind of a bit more accepting, we shouldn't forget where we came from because if you stop teaching people, like, hey, 
we started here and we overcame this and look how much better things are now. Mm. People stop learning to appreciate the growth. Um, yeah. yeah. And I don't think, I don't think paintings or books or films or any of that stuff should go back and be edited over because yeah. it's still a part of our history. It would have been sick if we watched Casablanca and like the play it again What's the the black guy's piano guy's name? Sam. Sam. Like if, if you know, Sam had been the, the scenes where Sam's involved, if those had been edited to make Sam, you know, on a on a, a class level equal to everybody else at that time, it would have taken away the importance of Sam's character. Because what is beautiful about Sam is because in that environment in Casablanca in that bar, um, everybody treats him equal. Uh, with the backdrop being like, the Nazis invading He's like Africa. legit Rick's yeah. friend. Exactly. So, like, if we would have tried to take all of the societal weight that's on Sam's shoulders away from him for the sake of making us feel better, um, then the impact of Rick's bar and his relationship with Sam would have been completely ruined. <laughs> if we take away the racial elements of Forrest Gump, then Bubba... <laughs> like, it, it, Forrest's love of Bubba and beating up the, you know, Black Panther. I'm sorry, I ruined your Black Panther party. Like, we'd lose all of those elements to these really important works. Mm -hmm. If we tried to just make everybody feel better. Like, no, we've always been equal. And so we haven't. That's why we're having these issues today. So let's, you know, read Huckleberry Finn. (laughs) Forrest Gump, too, you get that really pretty scene where... um... He goes back and meets Bubba's mama. Well, Bubba's mama had served generations of white families her whole mm-hmm. life, and then you get that really pretty scene where her family's at the table and a white woman is serving her. Exactly. And so it, it kind of yeah, it kind of <laughs> punches it up a bit where it's like we don't like this is how things were, but we don't have to keep going this direction. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think editing real life out of history is kind of absurd. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, obviously. Like I said, you can't really release a book that's just chock full of the N-word now because that's super inappropriate. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, uh, civil rights happened, and we had slaves, and there was a whole war. <laughs> yeah, and we grew up in the South. <laughs> a town I grew up in, Murfreesboro, just outside of Nashville, where we used to record this wonderful podcast, uh, there was a, a, a Civil War battle that happened in that town. Like, you could go... 10 minutes away from where you and I used to live to a battlefield, the Stones River Battlefield, where like 200,000 people got slaughtered in like fucking 10 minutes. <laughs> like when you go and you take the tour and shit, there's a cemetery out there that I used to go to on Memorial Day. I think that, and it's just my view as a white dude who grew up in the South, but I spent a lot of time in some very bad neighborhoods, if you will. Um, the racism is different in like the urban south i can't speak for the rural south i never like lived out in the the sticks (laughs) yeah i wasn't raised in the sticks i was raised in like the cities and the suburb cities of nashville um the racism just hits different there (laughs) (laughs) i'm joking (laughs) i don't know I, i i feel like because we grew up in that environment where, I mean, the civil rights movement happened, you know, like Martin Luther King got shot four hours away from where I grew up. 
you know, I knew people who were in Memphis when he was killed. Um, we have a much more realistic view, you know, not me and you, but I feel the South has a much more realistic view of black-white racism mm-hmm. um, or racial relations, I should say. And then we came up here to Montana, and they have a lot more tension between the cities and the reservations than I feel we ever had in the South between the black neighborhoods and the white neighborhoods. And I think it might be money, because in the South, we were all broke. (laughs) Well, to be fair. And up here, the white people are living in the cities, and they live on the res, as they say up here. To be fair, I've never really spent... I mean, I have grown up in much more white rural rural wow my south my my southern came out then (laughs) areas um not like deep deep the kkk still exists south i've never lived in those kind of areas either um i went to a place on the uh, tennessee georgia line stopped in a gas station no it was the florida georgia line stopped in at a gas station and uh saw a fucking cross burning at like two o'clock in the afternoon across the street i was like what the fuck is this (laughs) so yeah there there are definitely areas i'm sure where that stuff still goes on there are towns for sure that get made fun of for being like basically cousin fucker towns you know like real deep south appalachia (laughs) um but have eyes people (laughs) but i've also never spent any time in like inner city ghettos either Mm -hmm. so like i don't know if maybe i worked in the the tension there is worse um but yeah like i felt like just generally in the city even in like the somewhat more impoverished areas like people didn't seem so upset with each other well the ghettos in nashville that i worked in and i i did armed security for a couple of months. I'm not going to say I'm an expert in this exact area, but I did get shot at about a handful, a handful, a handful <laughs> of times while I was doing that goddamn job. Saw people get shot. It was fucking nasty. Um, but there were white people, black people, Hispanic people living in these project buildings, and it was never a race issue because they were all on like government subsidized housing. So they all just kind of came together as these little communities. The problem would be if you had a guy from two blocks down the road at a different project I worked with come through the project I'm working tonight to buy weed, he might not leave because, <laughs> you know, he fucked the person in C9's sister and got her pregnant and abandoned the baby. So, like, the whole community might go out there and shoot him. You know? How do we get here? <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about censorship. Well, like, in the South, like, I, I, I think, just to wrap up that whole point, like, I think that that's the difference. I think it's, um, it's not a race issue so much in the cities in the South anymore as it is a money Poverty issue. issue. Like, you can get broke as fuck down South. Um... You get broke as fuck, and then it's 118 degrees outside, and guns are all over the place. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know where to go with that. I hope we can kill this bad guy named racism (laughs) with extreme prejudice. As I I guess what I'm I'm thinking. (laughs) I was like, we're in a whole different direction. I don't even know where to go now. Major pain literally caused this political conversation on the Nightmare Box. That's how good of a movie it is. Grab your wife, grab your husband, grab your boyfriend, girlfriend, transcend. I don't know. Transcend is what you should start calling yourselves, by the way. <laughs> if you if you have a trans partner, you call them the, your transcendence. 
I'm a poet. No, these are terrible ideas. <laughs> <laughs> and go watch Major Pain. Get woke. Want some rings away? Yeah, I'm hungry. <laughs> this one might get us in trouble. <laughs> Next episode will be Brett got canceled. Brett got canceled. Doug Stanhope got canceled. I don't get that. <coughs> okay, we have tiny tablecloths for that very reason. Can I was you? so defeated. Well, I don't get to go see my dude. Man up, Brett Bloom. Man I'm up. Just kidding. <laughs>